As followers of Christ, we are faced with new norms and societal changes that may differ from our worldview. We see fads continue to shape not only our culture, but our beliefs as well. Are we following the trends of life, or are we seeking after the deeper truths which God places before us? We'll discuss these questions and more in Trend or Truth. Hey guys, Mason again, here on week three of season two of Trend or Truth, and today I got with me Bailey Potter. Hey! And Wes Hostler. Long time no see, guys. <laughs> has been a while. It has. I'm missing you so much. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about, uh, I was reading a book called uh, uh, When God's Not There, or When God Isn't There, I think is what it's called, but it talks about the separation of God and uh, from uh, us and how we sometimes feel his absence uh, because, uh, I don't know the best way to explain it is whenever... Uh, Adam uh, and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, uh, that sin created a separation between God's presence and uh, humanity. And, it, uh, of course, long story short, it was because when Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice so we could have a relationship with God again. But we're today we're specifically going to talk about why God feels absent from us sometimes when he's actually not. And uh, that's just kind of going to leave that open to you guys. And uh, either one of you can kind of jump in and with your thoughts on this. So... God's presence, I guess, um, is described in different ways depending on what type of Christian tradition that you come from. Um, most of us, um, you know, ev- evangelicals especially, understand the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's the Trinity, and we believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and God's presence is dwelling within us as Christians to guide us Um speak to us, uh, convict us, comfort us, uh, all of those things that we need to live life mm-hmm. uh, in the kingdom. And I think I've heard people describe it in different ways when they're not sensing that the Holy Spirit is close. Right. Um, and I think from my individual experience, it's times in life where I feel like I'm not getting direction or answers Mm -hmm. like I would, you know, want them. And usually it's not necessarily that I feel God, uh, isn't there as much as I feel like I'm expecting him to do something Mm -hmm. that he's not doing. Right. And so in our relationships, you know, in, in human situations, uh, I, I can see how that, that would kind of be, Something that's like you're not there for me, right? Because I need you in this moment, mm-hmm. and whether it's comfort, whether it's uh, you know advice or counsel or yeah. whatever it is, we kind of place parameters on what we want in situations where we're in a crisis. Mm-hmm. And if God doesn't meet that expectation, we can, you know, we can say, well, He's just not there for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's what you're going No, for. I mean, I totally get that. It's like, because often, I mean, I think every Christian's had this experience where they'll pray for something and be like, God, I need you to come through for me right now. And he won't because we're saying, God, work on my time. I don't want to work on yours. And oftentimes that gets us into trouble because God's time is the best time because he sees the full picture. We see a part of it. And he reminds us of that all the time, but we always forget. We have a very short memory when it comes to the promises of God. Uh, I think that's an, another thing. Like uh, 
when the Israelites were in the wilderness for so long, for 40 years, I think is what it was. And it took them so long to get to the promised land. They forgot of God's promise to get them there. They're like, well, we want, <laughs> we want this. We don't want what you've got for us. But they weren't seeing the full picture. And I, I think that happens more often than we want it to happen. But it's often we're in the way of what God wants for us. For sure. Yeah. Bailey, what do you got on that? Whenever I feel like I'm not feeling the spirit, I feel empty. Mm-hmm. And this phrase just popped into my head of, I'm so full of myself that I'm emptied of everything else. Yeah. Uh, I definitely know in those seasons, it's like I'm expect like Wes was saying, I'm, I'm expecting something and it's just not there. Right. And it's because normally I forcefully push him away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, totally. I mean, we, there are a lot of things where I'm like, well, I want to give this part of my life to God, but I, I don't know. Maybe I want to kind of keep this little part to myself. And rather than have God be the full part of my life, I want him to be just, you know, just sprinkle him in there. And I can go to him on Sunday. I can go to him on Wednesday, small group night. But other parts of my life, it's like, uh, you can go off to the side, God. I got this. But uh, it's, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't work out too well. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about uh, feeling the absence of God. And I want to go into an, another thing real quick. And this will all connect later hopefully it'll connect later <laughs> but we're talking also talking about god's holiness and uh how his holiness well i guess it does connect how his holiness can create that absence but more so that separation and why it's actually necessary that that separation exists uh uh not just the book that i was reading but uh wes you put me onto a video of the bible project they were talking about god's holiness and they talked about how god's holiness is like the intensity of the sun you get too close to the sun, you're going to get burned up. And because God is so holy and so pure, and because we're not, we'll get burned up by God's uh, just pure presence. And uh, what did you think about that? What? How did, how did you find out about the video, and then what kind of led you to studying up on that? Well, I'm a Bible Project geek, I guess you could say, <laughs> because I'm always watching for new videos to come out. Mm-hmm. But what I really liked about how they explained what holy means is is how it's a unique thing. Mm-hmm. And if we think of God being this person, this entity that's indescribable, mm-hmm. that's the word that we come up with. Right. You know, we got to put God in, in a category to describe his attributes and who he is and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard to do. Right. Um, but the holy aspect is that it's so like not like anything else because God's the only being that can be him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, scientific term I think out there right now when they talk about how the universe started and the Big Bang and all right. these other things, they use what's called a singularity. Mm-hmm. And that just means something that has never happened before and never happened since. Right. And so God is that mm-hmm. holy being that... Uh, like you said, is similar to the sun that's unique in our solar system. Right. There's nothing like the sun. Mm-hmm. And it's great. I mean, we could not live without the sun. Right. Because, for one, it gives light. Mm-hmm. We need light. Uh, and what it does, you know, for agriculture, um, all these other things mm-hmm. that make the sun uh, something essential, but also dangerous if we're too close to it. Right. 
so it was just a great metaphor to use the son, uh, especially whenever he goes into talking about how God's presence, uh, there is a proximity mm-hmm. that changes when we're in relationship with him. Right. And they mm-hmm. use the uh, first, uh, I guess, story of Moses mm-hmm. when Moses encounters the burning bush, yeah. which is sort of like a holy fire right. that doesn't consume the plant. Mm-hmm. And so God tells him to take off his sandals because he's standing on holy ground. And of course, to Moses, this is, you know, completely foreign. He doesn't right. even understand what that means, but he listens. Mm-hmm. And so as the story continues, God, you know, meets Moses uh, throughout their journey through the wilderness, like Mm -hmm. what you were talking about. But it's interesting because Moses was the only person that they talked about that would have a conversation with God face to face. Right. And and that's really like crazy. And, And I believe it starts in Exodus 33 where Moses just wants more of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's, you know, led the, the Hebrews out of Egypt and they're in the wilderness and, and this relationship seems like it's kind of at a standstill yeah. with him and he just wants more. Right. And he says, God, show me your glory, mm-hmm. which that's kind of what we think about when we think about God's presence. Right. So God says, you can't see me in that way. You can't take on my full glory. Mm-hmm. And so then the story goes on where Moses gets into this sort of, shallow cave and in in the mountain yeah and and of course this is poetic it's not literal where god says he places his hand over as he passes by right to protect moses from the full-on power of you know his presence and then he can actually see the, the glory passing by yeah and and see it in a way that he's never seen it before. Mm-hmm. So I I said all that to say is that there is an, an intensity to you know the presence of God that we probably will never experience like what Moses did, mm-hmm. but the presence of God for today that has been given to Christians is the Holy Spirit. Right. And we shouldn't think that that's less than. We shouldn't no, absolutely not. Yeah, we shouldn't uh think that well I don't get to have this experience or this relationship with uh-huh. God where we sense his presence compared to what it was in the Old Testament. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, in that book I've been reading, it talks about general presence and then relational presence. Uh, God being kind of present in the entire universe, that's his general presence, but it's that relational presence that you have with the Holy Spirit, the ability for God to af- actually have a personal relationship with you and everybody else on the planet that wants a relationship with him. So... uh and then also you're talking about Moses and how he's always asking for more. That was another thing the book tackled where it's, it's kind of a problem and it's a great problem to have because you're wanting God's presence and you're wanting more of it as you go. But it's, it's kind of like a kid wanting like, I want more, I want more, I want more. And uh, that's, it's kind of how we are to God sometimes. And uh, it's the one case where it's not generally a bad thing. <laughs> right. He's like, yeah, I want you to have more. I want you to come and get more. And uh, we, it's hard to get satisfied because once you get to a, a certain part, you're like, great, I've hit this point in my relationship with God. And he's like, now I want you to grow a little bit more in that. I want you to grow in this other area that you've been maybe ignoring. I want you to go one step further. So he's asking us to do more and we're wanting more if we keep pursuing him like that. And I just think it's pretty cool how that all works. Absolutely. I, I love that you brought that part up because they talk about how Moses, when he was that close to God's presence, mm-hmm. that his, his 
I think it was his face um, mm-hmm. would kind of glow. Yeah. And the people were fearful of it right. because they could actually see like the residual of, of what God had done, you know, in, in that uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a big deal in that how do we react? How What, what do people see in us when we're that close to God's presence? Yeah. And it, you know, it won't be maybe a visible shining or, you know, reflective right. whatever right. God's presence looks like, but they'll see God's presence in our lives in mm-hmm. a completely different way because they know what we, or could know what we looked like before and right. they see a change. Right. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. Yeah. They, they kind of see based on your character and how you're acting. Yeah. It's like, oh, that person's different. I don't know exactly what it is, but I can tell there's something maybe a little off with him and I want to see what that's all about. Uh, Bailey, you got any thoughts on these? Uh, a couple. Uh, the first is I think they'll see it by our fruits, uh, even if they don't necessarily understand what those fruits are. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you are seeking the fruits of God, his fruits will start to show up in your life. And right. uh, whether it's, uh, well, just the gifts of the Holy Spirit, how they manifest in each person. Uh, I can't go down the entire list because, for one, I can't remember the entire list, but also it's a pretty long list, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so we're talking about the the presence of God and uh, how his uh, holiness is so impactful and so so strong. And uh, that, that's kind of where Jesus comes into the story because there was no real way to get super close to God and have that kind of relational presence really just kind of anywhere you are. It was more of like you had to go to the holy temple and, and uh, kind of... Uh, meet with the priest to try and get to that point of God's presence, or he just had to kind of miraculously come down and talk to you <laughs> like he did with Moses. Uh, and uh, But Jesus comes into the story, and uh, it's finally the point where, yes, he is all God, but he's also all man, so now there's kind of a little bit of a, a cushion there so that we are not immediately evap- evap- like uh, incinerated. That's the word I was looking for, <laughs> completely incinerated by God's holiness, we're actually able to live in his presence. And uh, I I never had completely seen it like that until I had both read this book and watched this video. It just completely turned my perspective on that. Yeah, I I can see that correlation. I don't know that I've ever heard it explained that way before. Mm -hmm. Um, To think about God's presence uh, needing a buffer. (laughs) Jesus is the buffer for God's presence so that we get just the right amount. I've never thought about it like that. That's kind of one takeaway I got from that. I don't know if that's what they were going for in that video, but I kind of saw that. Yeah, no. um, And I think you have to see all of the Old Testament uh, prophecy that talks about what God's presence looks like Mm -hmm. because it kind of takes on different forms. And again, this is all poetic metaphor to help us understand just like the sun. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also the idea that... um, the temple is the hot spot, right. of course, of God's presence, and the priests had to go through, uh, you know, serious ritual uh, purity mm-hmm. uh, process, so that they, when they went inside the holy of holy area, they didn't, like you say, just die, yeah, essentially. Right. And so, what's changed is that the temple is now us, right? The mm-hmm. temple is now human beings, right? And and Jesus made that possible. Mm -hmm. And so I guess uh, it's Ezekiel where he talks about uh, this vision where there are um, rivers of life 
flowing out of the temple. And that's where Jesus comes in is that now uh, as he has given us the ability to be temples of the Holy Spirit by forgiving our sins mm-hmm. and then, you know, the gift of, of the Spirit at Pentecost, we are that river, right. so to speak. In other right. words, God's presence is flowing out in and through the world mm-hmm. through us. Yeah. That we're the ones, instead of people having to come to this single spot mm-hmm. in the world, which is the temple that was built in Jerusalem, right. now it's being sent out away. Right. And so we're all these walking temples, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. that are supposed to you know, help the world be a better place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there was a kind of an interesting, uh, another interesting thing I found from that the book I've been reading in it uh, points out that when uh, sin entered the world and when when Adam and Eve uh, took a bite of the the fruit in the garden, it uh, that separation mainly had to be made so that we wouldn't be hurt by the holiness. It was it's not because a lot of people will see it's like oh well God was just angry at, <laughs> at what was going on and so he just cast Adam and Eve out. He's, he did that for their own good. He's like, I can't be in your presence as strongly as I was before because you will die because you are now impure. And so Jesus comes into the equation. He's like, now here's a way for you to have that purity in God's presence so that you don't die immediately because of it. And exactly. I thought that was just really cool how they pointed it out like that. Yeah, and so we're talking about impurity a lot and essentially... We can't talk about good, mm. who God is all good. Right. I mean, that's how we're saying is that the sun is good mm-hmm. because of what it does, right. but it's still dangerous. Right. Yes. And I think that's the perfect way to kind of think about God is that God is all good, mm-hmm. but he's still dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's still all powerful. Mm-hmm. And so can we define a being that's all good without defining what is evil? Yeah. And I, th- I think that's what a lot of people like to leave out is like, yeah. well, humans aren't inherently evil, are they? It's like, no, we all look around. It's like, <laughs> I, I think that that's what the scripture teaches us. It's like, no, we actually have an inherent sin problem and the good does not come from within. It comes from God. And that's the mm-hmm. only way we can a- obtain it and achieve it. Uh, a lot of people can do good things, can uh, do good deeds, be kind to one another, but pure goodness doesn't come from us it comes from god yeah yeah stuff yeah what do you think about all this bailey you got any thoughts on it yes so uh what came to mind was what a blessing it really is to have the spirit with us Mm. Uh, because like we talked uh, before you had to go to the temple and when jesus was on the world you had to go to jesus right but now it's everywhere Mm -hmm. assuming you've accepted it into your life and you've accepted that salvation right and it's just amazing how god has had this plan installed since before time to be here with us right in this way compared to the way we used to have to approach him Mm -hmm. yeah not so much a ritualistic way of going into the temple and making sure we're ritually clean instead so we haven't and and also now so we don't have to go to a person like track jesus down somewhere on the streets like all right where is he at now this time of the day this time of the week it's like now i can just say Hey, I need to talk to you. Can we can we have a sit down? It's like, all right. And, I've been waiting. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so we're talking about like the absence of God. Like, when, when's the point when you guys have felt kind of that separation or maybe that emptiness? Like, maybe maybe God's kind of 
just not there right now. Like he, he's always there. He says he'll never leave us or forsake us. But when is a point when you've kind of felt like, you know, he's just kind of doesn't feel like he's just around. The point that comes to mind was when I went off to college. Uh, and it was that point in my life where I'm like, okay, I'm going to get rid of all this foundation I have and try and go out on my own. And that was a very bad idea. Mm. Uh, so much of that emptiness because I wasn't in community for one. Um, but also I just, I stopped talking to him. I, I mean, in a way I pushed him out. Right. And so it was in that moment, especially that time where I felt most empty. Other times it's been where I feel so emotionally overwhelmed that I just shut down. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm not actively shutting him out at that point, but I no longer like, I don't, sense anything because i can't sense anything right right is the feeling what was it that you felt brought that realization of his presence back into your life uh the first was in a moment of just utter depravity uh i just i felt him hold me again Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was a really rough time i was standing at the top of a set of stairs with all this thoughts of pain that i had caused and i'm like i want to take this from people so bad and the way that formed in my mind was not a healthy way for it to form Mm. um and god just in that moment completely enveloped me and it overloaded my numbness yeah i is how i describe it i'm just like okay I need to take a step back. Right. I need to breathe and I need to start letting him into my life willingly again. Yeah. What about you, Wes? Um, there's been several times like the, the guidance or the answers or the do something now things that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the time in my life, uh, whenever I was also college age, was just feeling empty. I don't, I don't. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it other than just this idea that I had to completely do things that were fun or entertaining Mm -hmm. or something to, you know, give me an adrenaline rush. Yeah. Because if I didn't have that, I I always felt terrible. Right. I just, I just felt meaningless and pointless. And I very easily could have fit the description that some people talk about with, you know, suicidal depression. Right. I never got there. Right. Because I always sort of filled my time with, you know, things to take, distracted myself mm-hmm. from feeling that way. I guess right. you could say, uh, but there was no, you know, meaning or, or anything important. Yeah. You know, I was a very shallow and superficial person because there was nothing in my life to give me purpose. Yeah. And so, that was just kind of how I dealt with it was to constantly uh, look for that next adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you, what do you think it was that kind of brought that realization of his presence back into your life? Well, growing up as <laughs> part of it, because um, you know, when you have someone in your life that you do care about a uh-huh. lot, you want to be a better person for them. Yeah. And I got married when I was 21 and, um, uh, I did. I really, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I definitely had that in mind before we got married that if I was going to make this, this commitment, uh, you know, permanent, yeah. if this was going to be a lifelong thing, right. then I, I needed to be a better person. Right. And, 
you know, those, those steps toward things that have mm-hmm. eternal purpose, right. you know, uh, make us think, make us, uh, reflect on, you know, some of those things that we don't really want to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise we can yeah. just stay right up on the surface and, and everything else. And the more that I, I thought about it and the more I wanted to be a better person for her, mm-hmm. then I knew I wasn't who I should have been because I, I did go to church when I was younger. In fact, you know, if I went back to a time uh, when I was young and I don't know how to explain it other than I think when you're younger, Mm -hmm. you may not get that realization of God's presence. Like when you're older, because you're, it's like always there Uh because there's a level of innocence. Yeah. And I can't tell you when I started feeling his presence at a young age, but I can tell you when it left. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that's because we take it for granted a lot of times. Yep. Like, well, God's always there. I mean, so I right. don't really need to do anything to improve this. It's like, uh, he's just going to be there no matter what I do. And it's like, and that's an, uh, another thing I keep pointing to this book. Just that's what got this whole thing kind of started. Uh, just it's like when the separation is made and the absence of God is kind of made in our lives. Now it's, it's ma- mostly because we pushed him out. We decided, yes. yeah, we, we can do this on our own God and we, we don't need you anymore. And, and we may not say that specifically and we may not completely walk away. There's a lot of lukewarm Christians out there and I was one for the longest time. And I was like, Oh, well, I need to start putting more effort into this so that I can achieve what he's wanting me to get to. Uh, and that's when Zorn put the emphasis on reading our Bible more. I was like, yeah, it's like I, I can read it once a week, maybe once a month. I'll, I'll read a couple scriptures here and there, but he's like, no, let's try a chapter a day. And I was like, and e- even since then, when I started, it's like, yeah, I, I may not, I may miss a day or two here and there, but whenever I do it, I'm like, man, maybe I should read a second chapter, maybe I should read a third, maybe I should mm-hmm. just do a deep dive here. It's like, you know, there's a lot more here, and now, now I want to be seeking that presence. Now I want to be going after it and chasing God and chasing His characters because. There's just, there's a thirst in my life now to get more. And uh, it's just that thing of, I want more, I want more. And it's, that's where God's like, yeah, I got you where I want you now. (laughs) So keep asking me and I'll keep giving it to you. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know what drives us to want more. I Mm -hmm. think, I think God's, you know, grace, uh, specifically depending on the tradition that you come for, come Mm -hmm. from talks about prevenient grace or that grace that God sends before so that you want him. In yeah. other words, um, without him drawing you in, right, we will stay selfish or, or self-centered mm-hmm. to where th- those types of things don't matter. We don't, right. we don't seek out to have that relationship without him first, you know, uh, drawing us in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, See, do you guys have anything else uh, on this topic before we close out? No, I just I think it's important for us to look at the way that the Bible describes, you know, God being holy mm-hmm. as all good, and and if 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 He's all good, then we have to have the contrast of what is not right. And so, right. describing good and evil, it's it's hard to 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 understand that in terms of people being evil because they mm-hmm. aren't inherently inherently good right uh, but at the same time is selfishness 
bad. I mean, I'd say, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's yeah. no, there's no question that we're all selfish. We're yeah, all born, absolutely. born yeah. that way that, you know, things like, um, self-preservation, mm-hmm. uh, that we look to make sure that we're completely taken care of right. and we have, you know, all of the stuff that we want at the expense of, of other people. Mm-hmm. And we see that, you know, from a very young age that yeah. children are like that. And we actually have to teach children not to be that way because it's right. not something that's innate. And so when it comes to saying what is sin, we're not going to be able to come up with a comprehensive list. Right. And we think of the big disgusting things that, you know, uh, people being murdered or yeah. genocide or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All of those things that most people wouldn't question as right. evil. Um, but how do those things start and then turn into something, you know, more significant? And I guess I said all that to say, as human beings, we need God. Mm-hmm. We need his presence right. to become who we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And we don't do it just so that we can all of a sudden have, you know, this comfort to where we're happy now or, or whatever it is. Right. It's so that we can make this world what it's supposed to be because mm-hmm. there there is going to continually be evil and injustice yeah. and all these bad things that are a product of being self-centered human beings mm-hmm. and if people don't invite you know god into their lives they're not going to change right so as people that are you know purposefully going into the world to help those victims of evil mm-hmm. in this world. I think that's God's point is that we're here to make change. We're here right. to help people see that these people are different mm-hmm. because of my presence living in them daily. And, and how does that reflect on other people to see, Hey, this is the answer, right? You know, we've got a lot of, um, financial, and political solutions and everybody's always got the way to make society you know right. the best it can be but where does it begin doesn't it begin inside of each and every person right looking at it from an internal perspective and a human perspective it's like well i got the answer and it's like well maybe you do but more than likely it's not going to last right but god's answer is always going to last you got any lasting thoughts on this, Bailey, before we close out? Uh, the thought that came to mind was not trying to just stick them into the labels we already have for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Wes was talking about sin, I'm like, oh yeah, the seven deadly sins. I'm like, there's a lot more than just those seven. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and I think that's not an error we've made in saying those are the seven deadly ones, but the fact that we take them as the definitive list of the only sins. Right. Because uh, there's you can maybe find ways to categorize it all under those seven, but I, there's a lot more to human nature than just a list of seven things Yeah, that we do wrong. Um, the other thought was that there's not just a single explanation for what holy is, and we've talked about that already. But in the Bible, you know, the only examples of holiness aren't just where it says God is holy mm-hmm. or things like that. Um, I was looking at a list earlier, and areas where it's talking like the fullness of Christ or the fullness of the spirit. That's an example of God's holiness, right? Uh, living water and other examples like that mm-hmm. are all examples of, you know, just this idea of holiness of 
something set apart, something unique. And it's so much more than just this single word that we've made in the English language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then God asks us to try and achieve holiness. And the key word there is try. Not that you will get there because he is the only way to get there. And he understands we're flawed human beings, but he's like, just, just try. And that's all I'm asking. It's not that we can achieve perfection because that's kind of hard to do because we are innately sinners. But because of God's grace, we can get as close as we can without fully getting there. But he has that, that grace that he's like, Hey, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I love that you said that because yeah. I think the intensity of God's holiness, the closer that we are mm-hmm. in relationship, like we've talked about, I yeah. mean, is, is that not really what changes us? Right. You know, we can't think of it in physical terms of, you know, sitting closer, you know, we're, we're social distancing right now. Right. But we don't want a social distance in our relationship with God (laughs) that that we want to be as close to him as possible so that we can become more holy. And as you and I know, the closer that you get to God, the more you can hear his voice, the, the more things, uh, the more ways that we begin to get in sync with mm-hmm. who he is absolutely in in our lives yeah. yeah your character starts to reflect what jesus is like and yeah. that, that that's the most exciting thing about being a christian is just to, to live more like jesus and to be able to show that to other people because that's how people see jesus now i see it through his followers i see it through his disciples mm-hmm so I think that's uh, all the time we got for today. Uh, we thank you guys for joining us. And uh, if you like this episode, please like it and share it with your friends. Uh, we always love hearing the feedback from you guys. So, uh, And we also, uh, if you want updates on everything going up over here at AMP, just go to ampstation.org and uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at AMP Yourself. And uh, we just thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, listening to us. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Trend or Truth podcast. This podcast is recorded out of the AMP station in Claremore, Oklahoma. AMP is a Christian ministry geared towards college students and young adults with an emphasis on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. If you like what you heard, consider becoming a subscriber so you don't miss out on a single episode. We release new entries every Monday. Also, rate and review this podcast on iTunes and share it on social media. Once again, thank you for joining us today, and we'll talk to you next time.